Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. Welcome to Cast and Crank Podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by Phoenix Rods and Viking Heads. You can check out Phoenix Rods at phoenixrods.com and Viking Heads at Viking Head Bait Co. on Instagram. Uh, website should be up in the next week or two, so I got to work on that. But um, this episode is panel four, last panel of the toy drive. It's with Butch, Big Rob, uh, Butch Brown, Big Rob, uh, Rob Flotta, Shane Morgan, and Stefan Casal. All species. Uh, great episode. It's it's four guys that kind of uh, have the me- the same men. Three guys that had the same mentor, which is Butch, and they kind of talk about funny stuff with Butch. It's kind of a recap, fun fun episode. And uh, all four of these guys have been huge supporters of the podcast, so thank you. And uh, I wouldn't be doing some of the stuff if it wasn't for them that I'm doing right now. So uh, check out this episode. I hope you like it. New shirts should be up. I'm thinking next week as well. The Vikings taking over the shipping for me. Uh, anyone that hasn't got a gift, I got some return addresses. So I'm going to re- reach out to people today and the ne- this week uh, about uh, fixing that address and getting the correct one. And uh, gosh, Patreon. We will have the sponsors up this month. There's going to be some actually uh, some baits that I have from uh, people that I saved that I'm putting back out. And um Gosh, what else is going on? Uh, the Leadhead thing's been been super busy with that. Today I have Wes, uh, Jake, and Vinny from The Bite. Some saltwater stuff I'm working on, trying to incorporate at least two saltwater episodes a month uh, just to get back to what, you know, kind of we did in the beginning. I feel like uh, I went astray a little bit because it was easy to get a lot of the swim bait guys, and I feel like there's still a lot of swim bait guys I do want to get and conventional guys. But I also want to do the saltwater guys because I feel like that's kind of what I do. So I think I need to show a little more uh, support to them as well. So I have I have a couple great uh, guests lined up, kind of waiting on some to respond. As well as Freshwater, I got some really good guests lined up. Uh, so it'll be really good. And uh, all the videos are available on Patreon from this point forward, from last week forward. If you want to see the Baitmaker Roundtable, it's on the Patreon. You pay five bucks a month, you're able to watch all the videos that are put up there. You're also entered to raffle uh, a chance at it, whatever bait is there. So uh, it helps the podcast grow. Like I always said, we don't have many sponsors. We have one, which is Phoenix. And uh, they've been our uh, our ride or die for the last three years. So we appreciate them a lot. And uh, my other sponsor is my company, Viking Heads. <laughs> so uh, great, great episode. Looking forward to the new year. 
no your no no beer nick's back again and i'm i'm uh actually starting to work out and stuff so we'll see how this goes and uh been working on heads i think i'm about 3500 now board so i'm hoping to have them by the mid 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 january so keep an eye out for that and that's it guys five star review on itunes is always appreciated i'd like to hit a thousand one of these years i think we're at 879 or something it'd be great i know it's uh not hard just put a positive review you could put a nick head and that's it a five star review i don't give a shit uh, but um thank you guys for all the support thank you for listening and uh thank you to everyone that signed up for the patreon it's a huge help with the podcast and keeping this platform going so i want to say thank you to everyone and i hope you like this episode i'm gonna try to get keith's out on thursday she's been so busy but um yeah we'll plan on that all right guys thanks for listening Too bad. Someone got a free ticket. <laughs> All right. Now we're going to start the podcast. Butch is going to have to share a mic with me. I'm sorry, but he's going to be talking most of the time. Anyway, uh, I have Butch Brown. Welcome to Cast and Crank. I have Butch Brown, Shane, Rob, and Stefan. Uh, all these guys have fished with Butch for a long time. And uh, I feel like they have really good stories to talk about. <laughs> Uh, Rob has a good one to start off with, so I'm going to let Rob take off the story about when you were in the store and Shane called you. <laughs> really? That's what we're going to talk about. <laughs> yeah, let Shane talk about it. What happened, Shane? <laughs> Shane calls me yesterday, and I'm walking into Walmart. I got him on speakerphone, and I've got people around me, and I know better than to have him on speakerphone. And... Uh, he talks about Nick talking about sucking people's dicks. And these, <laughs> these ladies turn around and look at me like I just stepped on their fucking dog. I'm like, oh, my God, dude. What is going on? I, I uh, Yeah, I, I got in trouble for that one. So uh, they, they gave me a bad review. But uh, I, what I want to do is I want to talk about, like, some old stories when you guys were kind of learning from Butch and stuff that, you know, he kind of, like, guided with your funny shit, you know, like, Cool stuff because I feel like all these guys have learned from Butch a lot. So it's cool to have, like, you know, the dad and the kids, dude. Right? Yeah. Right. Well, Here. I guess what? We're just going to talk about whatever. Yeah, well, fishing stories, stuff like that, dude. Well, let me just start this off in the front first, of everyone. The first time that I met Rob uh, <laughs> was when the STI pupfish came out. And I had it, and they didn't have it. And uh, he was the striper guy at the lake in the striper derby, but uh, I just started fishing striper because I really don't care about striper. <laughs> and uh, I'm sorry. You don't but, care about it, but you got a whole... But I lived, I lived at the lake. My wife moved me to the lake, and so they said, come on, fish the dam and give it a try. You'll like it. And the pupfish was the only thing that seemed like it was a bass lure to me at the time. And uh, we just, uh, it, I just kicked the shit out of them there in the, uh, in the tournament. And then Rob bumped into me on the, on the dam one day and he was asking me about the bait. And I gave, that, gave him one, I think. And then uh, after that, it was starting to get pretty neck and neck as far as the, uh, as the derby was. 
you know, but I still pulled out, you know, with 100 pounds more than most of them. But uh, he ended up with the bigger fish on the pup fish. But uh, that was a bait we went through quite a few of um, because if you dropped one, they broke, you know. And they, uh, the guy that owned that company married the, his wife was her dad was the manufacturer and they were getting a divorce so that's why that that bait's not made anymore is because it just sort of went went on the wayside but that's just like one little quickie story but when it comes to bass fishing with robert uh once once i got to know him and i realized that i needed to hire him to keep him off the water <laughs> uh and keep him next to me and uh you know, that was the best way to keep him because he was always at the lake. Um, so he ended up working for me, but I'd take him out bass fishing, and I would tell him, i go, uh, you know, because he'd say, well, I throw bombers at night, and I catch these bass, you know, and this and that. And i go, well, come on, let's go catch a 10-pounder. And I, can't, I think a couple of times that we were together before he got his first 10, we'd, we'd pull up to a spot, and i say, throw it in that pocket right there. Spinnerbait. Nope, too short. Yeah. Didn't cast it. Far. Try it again. Throw it in there again. Too short. <laughs> then I'd make my cast. Ten pounder, just like that. <laughs> Pulled up on another spot one day. Uh, Walters. Pulled up. Got the big baits on. I said, "Go ahead, take a cast." He's tying a knot or something. I go, "Well, if you're not going to throw over that, I am." Took a cast. I think that was a 13-something. 13. Then uh, I remember one time I hooked one, uh, a 10-pounder, and I told him that my arm hurt and I have a problem right now, and I handed him my rod <laughs> so that he could catch his first 10-pounder. <laughs> and that, that pissed him off. Man, so these are great stories. I went through experiences like that with him, um, but we always had a great time. You know, he's caught five over ten with me in, in, in an afternoon, uh, you know, his own 50, 55-pound limits. Um, so we've had some really good times. Shane, he was a friend of Rob's. And actually, I bumped into Shane first on the dam. And uh, when I met Shane, uh, that year, I think I got the Huddleston, or it was the next year. Uh when I first met you, it was with the pup yeah. fish. And I, I bought all they had, so I kept them off the market for about a year. And I went to Shane's work, and I told him, I go, hey, I got this really bitchin' bait, you know, and they're like 30 bucks a piece. I was thinking, if I buy them all, I can always get rid of them if I have to. Well, I stopped by his work and gave him a couple. And then we went fishing, not together, but we were at the lake. And... I was telling him, I go, come on, man. I go, I know where this, these fish are off this handicap dock. <laughs> Remember? And I couldn't hook the fish. But I brought Shane, and I'd say, just get on the dock and throw it down the side there. Sure as shit, man. He buffed out, I don't know, was that one eight or ten pounds? It was like nine. Yeah. We were up on top first that day, remember? Yeah. On the west ramp. And I caught a couple up there. Yeah. And then you told me, oh, I got to go home and do some honeydews. And uh, left... And me and Rob go to leave, and there you are on the, on the lower lake. What are you going to do? And what are you going to do? Yeah, then when we went over there, then you're like, come over here. And that's when I threw down there and caught those. Yeah, so. right there off the shore. We've had other days where uh, I took another guy at the lake that had never caught a 10-pounder. 
and uh, his name was Rob also. That was him, right? Mm -hmm. The little guy. And you guys jumped in the other oh, boat yeah, and Tom we waited for the wind to stop yeah. blowing. Well, that day, I think I got two, you know, 10 to 13s. And then these guys went over to another point. He got a 16 and a half and Shane got a 13, 13 or a 14. Uh, this is all in that, that first year that we met. And they, the good part about these guys is they listen, you know, because when you're on the water a lot, you observe and you learn. You don't have the internet to take shortcuts and, and, and do things like that. You have to be on the water to figure it out. And, you know, being as I had my own business, I do two, 300 days a year and fish these big bass, and that's what I like to do. So, you know, I eliminated a lot of junk baits and things like that and, and what they like, their habitats and what they eat. So uh, these were the handful of guys that listened at the time, and, and they've, they've done very well. And, and I have, you know, some younger people over here that, that uh, uh, wherever Drew might be, um, who's learning that too. Uh, but uh, they listen, and they become very, very good fishermen. And Stefan, well, he was a little skinny kid with long hair. <laughs> and the first time I met Stefan is we went out shocking together with the fish and game department. And uh, the amount of double-digit bass that we shocked up in such a short amount of time was amazing. Yeah. And we did shock up a fish on that trip. That one, mm -hmm. and one. Uh, ended up being in the 15-pound class, but you could tell at one time it was way bigger, and it ended up being, uh, it, it, it died, let's put it that way, yeah. and that one, huh? uh, yeah. I was filming at the time, and oh, I, had, I deleted the film because of what happened. I didn't want it to get out there, um, but that fish went to uh, Steve Palugi up north. And he studied that fish, and he said that was the oldest bass that they've ever shocked. And it was 18 years old. And it was, they estimated, you know, that at one time it was probably 20-pound bass. But it looked different than any bass that, that I've caught. Really black lines. It had that yellowish-gold kind of color on the, the belly side. Really but big frame. Really big frame. Really it was amazing big. to see it come up because it hardly fit in the net. But I think that one day we shocked that little stretch that was probably, it couldn't have been from, from here to that Christmas tree. Mm -hmm. And they, we, we couldn't put any more double-digit fish in the live well. We finished. We had to let fast. them just watch them swim away because we'd already had 10 or, 10 or 12 of them in there. Yeah. You know, so we had to look for the three-pounders and all those. But uh, if you ever get the opportunity to go in a shock boat, you'll be amazed at what is actually in that tree that you think nothing lives in. Because I remember being in the shock boat, looking at a tree in like 10 feet of water, you can clearly see there's nothing there. When that guy hits his, his foot on that pedal, you just see these white bellies turn like this and they're bumping the branches on the way up and there's, there's five of them in there. You know, it was amazing. But uh, every year we used to do it for the Fred Hall show, yep. and uh, ever since then we've been really good friends, and, and uh, Stefan listened well. He's doing very well. So uh, that's just a little background with these guys. They've been around me since 
oh, probably what, 2001, and Stefan a little bit after that. Yeah. I but, met you uh, on the dam, but do you, you, you're yeah. fishing for stripers. Now they're all old and they have gray hair. <laughs> and now they've caught up to me as far as age. So, getting, uh, getting the weight into you. It is what it is. Age. You know? <laughs> but I'll let them do the rest of the talking. Oh, so uh, maybe that sparked up a little bit. Um, how big does a spinner bait play in all of yours? Because, I mean, Butch, that's his other thing, is a spinner bait. Did you guys learn the spinner bait like super good from him? And did it help you with your big bait game? You know what I'm saying? And you could start, Shane. I started fishing the blade different after I met Butch. I, I didn't fish it like he did. Um, it's, it's in my arsenal, and it's something that I, I used to always do uh, prior to swim bait. That's almost all I threw was a blade. But it, it, it opened up the, a window and a, a door to an, another way to catch them. Yeah. When you get, you know, 14 and 16 pound bass on a spinnerbait, you know, it's on a spinnerbait, you need, you know, it's, it's definitely brings the attention to you because they just, you could feel them scrunch it when they eat it. And then uh, <clears throat> at the time that I had a spinnerbait color that was working, um, it was actually made by Stanley. And when I went back to get some more, they didn't have that. That was the color, but that wasn't the color that was in the package, but that was the number. And I, I asked the tackle shop guy, I said, hey, what happened here? And he goes, oh, the rep, he said he can get any color you want. I go, I want this color that's in this package. And then the rep came in and says, oh, that was a blem. We don't make that color. So then I went to every tackle shop from here to Palm Springs to San Diego back through the 405 and then back to my home in Castaic and out of that I think I got like eight spinner baits that were left over in shops and then on the next next day I went to Santa Barbara and then I worked my way back from there and hit every tackle shop and uh, only got one or two so then I started making my own and that spinner bait that we had is is just a willow leaf you know it's a it's a number five uh, uh, nickel with a uh, gold number four um, no uh, you know no glass beads on it red or anything like that they're all silver and chrome but the trick was is when you fish and you want to catch big bass on these spinner baits they have to be the, the twisted eye they can't be that one that they bring and then they make a loop out of it because they end up straightening the, the whole wire and then your knot ends up down by the blades so when you're catching these you know, 14, 15 pound bass on them, they just, they just rip them apart. So I started making my own. I make about 500 a year and uh, I just give them to my friends and, and I go through them. I go through 24 in a day sometimes, you know, I've been through some spinner baits, you know, I don't go in and get them. I just snap them off and keep rolling. But uh, <clears throat> Rob here, he, he got to fish them and, and Stefan really hasn't fished them, but, but you can, a spinnerbait is so versatile, slow rolling, mid-depth, burning it, um, that it, it, it's a lot like a swim bait. So you can, you can learn a lot from it. Um, but uh, we've had some pretty, pretty good days out there with it, especially in the uh, fall like right now. You know, when the coot, it seemed like when the coot would show up like they are right now at the lakes, and they get into their balls, and there might be a thousand of them or 500, 
and they start diving, you know, and they're chewing on the weeds and the little berries to, you know, the weeds are dying away. Well, they're pushing out all the bluegill and the bait fish and the little bitty bass. And you just fish that edge of the coot and uh, with the spinner bait because you can get that through there. You, a, a swim bait gets a lot of, a lot of crap on it, but uh, it, it really is effective. And that, 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 could, that could, is going right now. Uh, but definitely played a good part in it. And as a result of that, any blade that I have that is not twisted, me and Rob learned <clears throat> back in the day to take Power Pro and tie it around there to make an eye because the fish will open it up. Really? If, yeah. And you'll lose them. I feel like the only, the, the, uh, it's cool to hear, like, I always like to hear when, um, you know, nowadays everyone's just like, swim baits only. But, like, when we talked earlier, like, I, I like that Butch is like, well, yeah, I throw spinnerbait too. Like, it's not. Like, I want a big fish. And you, you made that application when spinnerbaits can produce big fish as well, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. No doubt about it. And, and I just make one color. That's it. You know? Uh, and I just, it sort of looks like a baby bass in a way, but it just gets bit everywhere I go. If I go to Kauia, if I go to the Delta, if I go to Clear Lake, casitas whatever and i'm throwing my swim bait all day and i'm busting my ass i get no followers i get no action i get absolutely nothing i'll go and i'll grab my spinner bait and i'll fish for maybe 20 minutes stick a fish and then i put it down because at least in my heart i know that the fish exist they are in this lake you know they might not be following my stuff but my spinner bait will get bit almost every time on any one of those lakes I never fished a trailer before either until I met Butch. That made it. <clears throat> that made a big difference. Does, does the, uh... Do you will you throw a spinner for stripers or not? No, never. No, mm-hmm. doesn't work the same, Rob. I don't think I've ever they, caught one. They'll eat it every now and then, but it's you know it's complete accident. Yeah. It's usually in the at night. Okay. Did you learn a lot from Butch with the spinner bait? Like, did that help you a little, like, in figuring some shit out or? Oh, I, I. I'm not being cocky or anything like that, but there's nobody in this room or that fishes a lake that can fish a spinnerbait like him. That was something that I learned, and I applicated that towards everything. The spinnerbait is very slow. You need to feel the blades. You need to watch your line. When things stop, there's, you snap the weeds off and get things going again. You got to stay in the zone. You can't have a fast reel. You can't have the wrong rod. Everything is... Everything's meant to be with that. that. That is very disciplined to fish that bait right. I don't know anybody else besides Butch that I, I can't fish it as good as him because obviously I was taught by him, but I, I don't, nobody can, I don't care. I'll fish down the bank behind anybody and catch him with that he, bait. Everybody wants to fish it too fast. He's told me he could outfish me with a spinnerbait before. <laughs> <laughs> he has. <laughs> but then he stopped giving to him so i told him that he's still the best <laughs> see there's an angle to everything fishing right. getting things you know <laughs> that's very jinxed you know I, I i gotta say you know it, it in front of everybody because i know I, I tell him enough but i can't tell you guys how much of a part butch has played in my life not just with fishing like i was an asshole i was destined to either be dead or back in prison when I met Butch and he just changed my life and now I own my own company and this year you know clear over a quarter of a million dollars when I was just 
a wage guy. I stayed with Butch for 20 years. I learned my trade. I learned how to fish. I'm, I'm not stupid. I'm not going to go anywhere. <laughs> you know, but, and, 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 and now I, I wish there was other ways that I could repay it, you know, but I, if it's one thing that I could preach to everybody out here, this industry is kind of fucked up because everybody's just out for their self. But if you put in what you take out, this industry will get better. And I try to put in as much as I can because I wasn't always able to. I didn't have the money to buy him something when I was coming to his house or give away baits to kids like the one I er earned earlier in the raffle. But like if everybody just does little things like that in this industry, this industry will get a lot better. It's, it's really tough right now. There's a lot of animosity in this, whether people want to say it or not. I'm part of that, you know, but if we all just try to put in a little bit, it'll get a lot better. It really will. And, and the thing that another thing is you see Butch lead by example. It's like how many companies, whatever you want to say, like I'm nobody, this podcast, you know, thanks all you guys that are here and listen to it. But like how many fucking guys roll up with like 12 bikes for a toy drive? Like, there's real people nowadays, and I feel like Butch is one of the guys. I'm up here sucking him off, but hey, seriously, Butch, you made, you made a big change for everyone, dude. And there's not many guys like you left, so for, like, uh, you know, you to be so open. And another, another reason why this podcast is the way it is, 100%, truth be told, I wouldn't be where I'm at, listens-wise or whatever I'm doing, if it wasn't for Butch. Not, no, like dudes come on because Butch came on. So it's like for him to open up like that is like you, do, you don't see anyone as real as him. And for a guy to really be like bringing the toys and, and I mean, just having him here helps. But to really, you know, mean well is, you know, this is something you got to lead by. Like all these guys, like you might not know them, but like Stefan and Rob and Shan, they're all the same way. Like if I told Shan I need help, he's fucking there. You know, Rob, maybe. Uh, you know, but Shane is, you know, <laughs> but, but, you know, Stefan, the same thing, you know, like, no, but really these guys are opening up and I've always talked about on the podcast, like some guys, like when I came up with big dicking, that means that you just say, Hey, fuck yourself. Now these Rob would go, I'm not ready, Nick. Cool. No problem. There's a difference of between, between saying like, fuck yourself and like being a nice person. And there's not a lot of nice people up, and I feel like all these guys are very nice people, genuinely. You know what I'm saying? I says with Butch, like I mean, you you probably are like, yeah, I don't. You just do you. I just do what I. You do. just do you, right? And it's like you've been through the ringer with companies, so you're kind of like, I understand. Yeah, I had to learn the hard way because I didn't grow up with computers and all this stuff. So, you know, once he sh told me that my video was on some <laughs> website. And I'm like, what's that? And he's, he's like, well, it's on there. They're all talking about it. I'm like, really? You know, they want to see that kind of shit, you know? And, and it all started just to show people what it was like to catch a big one instead of talk about it. And, and you know, that's all it started to be. But uh, um, swim baiting has been really good to me. It's been my passion for since the beginning. And... Uh, it's uh it's done me very well you know and i never in my wildest dreams would i ever imagine that it had, would evolve into what it was or is now because back then it was like they would look at you like you're a weirdo you know 
walking out, you know, with a bunch of guys, and you got this, you know, big old 10-inch bait on there, and they all got, you know, little plastic worms and things like that, and 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 I, and I get it. They didn't even have drop shot back then. They had Texas style, is how everybody did it. But you know, being a kid, I that's what I did all the time, and and it just got old, and and I I caught big fish on plastic worms, but you know, there was just something about you know, once you realize that they eat trout and, and they chase them and, and you're putting it together that, uh, you know, holding the biggest bass you could catch of the day is, is just, it's just a great feeling. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. You know, but uh, it's been really good to me, and I've been able to put back in the pot what I get out of it. You know, uh, it, it started to pay. I never thought that I would make money at it, you know, but, you know, I get royalties and things like that. But it never started. It never was supposed to be that way. I was supposed to work my whole life and, and just enjoy fishing like I still do. But, uh, you know, it's, it's working out super good and I, I don't have to do anything. I don't have to make baits. I don't have to go sell baits. I don't have to make make something a business up and things like that. All I get to all I do is go fish. That's what I get to do. And if I you know if I'm going to be on a podcast, I go fish and then make sure that that's within the time zone of the podcast so I could say don't be afraid of the rain guys. We're still going to be here. Uh, cast and crank and that was Friday or the kid that won the raffle boat you know how would I know his name unless I went fishing the next day you know so I try to keep everything within that week of catching fish and you can't catch double digits all the time you catch what you catch you know but it's a swim bait fish you know that guy might have caught 10 bass that size on plastic worms but I snookered one up on my 10 inch swim bait and that that makes me feel pretty good but uh, yeah, definitely quite a ride uh, for me. And uh, you know, these guys here, they're sort of sitting back watching the, the journey go. Um, but on another note, when it came to Robert, when I had him work for me and he came out, you know, he's a big guy. And I remember the, I think the first or second day I had this a little guy working for me. He's a little five foot guy. He was a good, good worker, good taper, and Robert sucked. He, you know, he said he did everything, but he sucked. And I told him, I said, "Dude, you need to sit on that five-gallon bucket right there and watch that guy work." 
And he looks over at me and he goes, nobody's ever talked to me that way before. You know, and I'm like, well, that's the way it's going to be. So, and he, he didn't, but, you know, still they were looking at me like, you know, can't, can't say that to that big guy like that. So as time went on throughout the jobs, we'd have people working on the jobs. And Robert would be in another room and I might be yelling at him or something. And I'd, in front of those guys, I'd look over at him and go, man, I go, if you don't do what I tell you to do, I'm going to fuck you up right in front of everybody. <laughs> and they'd all like, you know, and I, I'd be looking at him like this. But I was always joking. But, uh, yeah, it was really uh, good to have him with me. But, you know, he used to fish so much that I'd wake up in the morning and he'd be parked in front of my house because he'd go fish at night and then come and sleep in front of the house and then go to work. And I'd like, dude, you can't, this isn't a life. But, you know, he did that kind of stuff. And I go, well, why you do it? Well, I don't didn't want to go home with my wife. I fished all night. Now I got a good wife. I got a good one now. He's got a good wife yeah. now. You know, so, uh, yeah. So we've been through some good times. Uh, he's caught some really big fish with me. He's probably caught probably at least 60 double digits out of the back seat of my boat, you know. Uh, I remember one big one that he hooked one time, and he was fighting it, and he knew it was a big one. And I think I threw the net out yeah. of the boat and I said you got to land it now <laughs> and it was a 14 and a half yeah. and it kicked his wow. butt but uh, you know we, we've had some good times we've had a lot of fun when I get a, experimented with fishing line and like fluorocarbons and things like that and, and I'd find I'd lose a big one right away you know on a, this line I'd get always, he was always willing to take it from me here man you know take all this old crap you know, so, uh, but yeah, as, as, as you go, I, I haven't changed anything in the, in the last years other than maybe certain baits that have shined, you know, the HUD still works, the thumper tail still works, you know, uh, the 250 still going, you know, and the bottom dweller, bottom dweller works, bottom dweller works, the bottom dwellers are good bait too. I haven't fished it that much, you know, because I have my thumper tail and I have my own hand pours and, and another bluegill bait that I use. So uh, I stick with that stuff, you know. Uh, he has to do the bottom dweller thing. Uh, but uh, it's a good bait, no doubt. It's a, it's a weedless bait. It's going to get down in there. I fished it a little bit the other day and I got bit on it, but I think they were stripers nipping at it. And it's uh, it was rigged with the you know the the hook inside, so they they had a hard time getting it. They weren't very big fish, but uh, but you know it it is what it is. I have my own plan. I don't go with a lot of tackle. Three rods, three baits, off I go, and that's it. But I did find something that that made a big difference at the beginning when. I started getting into sort of like, I guess you would call it the limelight of talking about swim baiting at the Fred Hall show for the first time. And they always told me, if you run out of things to talk about, talk about line, reels, rods, things like that. You got to burn up 45 minutes. And I made these cue cards, you know, like anchoring and this and wind direction and moon phase and that. 
And it was really hard to talk about that kind of stuff uh, from a cue card because you're writing it up to be more appealing in your speaking. It seemed like the next year I threw all that away and it was much easier to come up in front of a crowd and talk about like when you're parked behind somebody in line in the morning and you guys start talking about fishing, what happened the day before, last month, this, things like that. Just the truth, you know, your experiences, what you're using, you know, just always tell the truth. And then that way when you're out walking around in front of the crowd and somebody comes up to you and asks you a question, you can answer it like that. And it makes that 45 minutes go by in a blink of an eye. They, they always have to go like this to shut you down, you know, because you start answering some questions and stuff. But uh, it just seemed like that was a much better route to go to always do that. So, you know, if you heard me at the first one and I said, yeah, guys, I go, you know, when you make a cast, the, the fish will see the shadow of the bait, land in the water, and the fish will follow the shadow and eat the bait. It's never happened in my life. It's just nice to talk about. It sounds pretty artsy-fartsy, but if that ever happened to one person in here in their lifetime, it would be a miracle. You just don't, don't see that. So I think always trying to tell the truth and, and, uh, and stuff like that is definitely the way to go. And all these guys are very, very truthful about, you know, other than Shane, he's... He likes to not tell you. He'll, he'll lead you to the information, no, but he won't, I won't fill lie you, you in. But I won't tell you. Yeah, he won't fill you in on everything. You got to drag it out of him. So, anyways, um, what is something that you guys have taken away from, like learning from? I mean, it's learning from the master. You know, like what have you taken away? What's one thing you guys taken away from Butch fishing with him? And we'll start, we start with Shane and work our way down. Like something little, like where you just was like, fuck, I didn't, never thought about that, you know? Don't be a bitch. <laughs> oh, it's saltwater fishing. Don't be ahead. a bitch and pull, yeah. <laughs> to pay attention to your surroundings. Everybody might tell you that they're not biting, but you don't have to do what everybody else is doing. Just because they say that they're not biting because the moon's in the sky in the daytime, doesn't mean you're not going to get bit. Time on the water is everything. If you don't put the time in, you're not going to get bit. Yeah, for me, it was more like the mentoring of the business, the folks that are around you, the circle that gets kind of wide, and then just finding like a small circle. Because when you're young, I'm, I was young and naive. I was just nice. I just talked to everybody. Then you start learning about people's mannerisms and how they take things from you and they take them and they're like, hey, I started this and, you know, who are you again? You know, so just learning how to keep a smaller circle and, and just st sticking with it, you know. Be nice, be professional, and, and uh, be honest and truthful, but at the same time, you know. Um, yeah, I'll drink. Oh, the word I'm trying to, it's character. So whether, you know, you're... Like for me, I'm in church ministry too, so I'm the same person that I am at church and I am fishing. So it's like having that character throughout your whole life. And I think what he's saying is, you know, just being honest and being upfront. And, and I think it, it goes a long way. And then we see that in his life and how he, he, he sets a standard for us and how we watch. And we just we want to kind of mimic that, you know, the characteristics of a good person and a good, you know, in that nature. So... 
But also for me, it was to be cautious with, with all the stories and, and what people will do and stab you in the back over, over catching a big fish. You know, prior to me being around the stories I heard, you know, back in the 90s and the late 80s, it, it was cutthroat. You know, they did some really dirty shit. I let everybody see where I catch mine. I don't care. <laughs> you can see it all on the tapes. Nothing's blurred out, you know. Uh, Every day I drive by. It bother me a bit. Know, I drive by on the way home and Butch isn't there. There's somebody else sitting on the spot. It, you got to be there, you know, and timing <laughs> is everything. But, uh, you know, I, I get guys that say, oh, you shouldn't let anybody see that point or this. I go, hey, it's all, it gets, I watch boats hit this stuff all the time. It's just timing, putting it together, wind, uh, watercolor, whatever, you know, on how you want to approach it, what direction. Um, that's, that's all it is, you know, but yeah, all our lakes, you know, there's only a handful of spots that are private spots, but in my lake, it's like a chess game to me because I see the boats launch and they're usually are heading sort of in my direction, but then I have underwater anomalies that I never fish around anybody, you know, and if I do, it's only for just a cast or two, like I'm just sort of blowing through. And then I make sure that they don't get near me so they can meter it or anything like that. But, you know, at that lake, you know, I've had my aqua view down there. There's sunken boats. There's picnic tables, fish boxes. There's, there's all kinds of stuff down there. And a lot of it's offshore, you know. But, keep, you know, you want to keep little secret spots to yourself. Because I can't tell you how many people I've taken fishing and the next thing you know when you're on the lake, they're... They're, they're playing tag with all the spots that you took them to, and you were just trying to be a friend so they could catch a double digits, and mm. they're you're sort of getting screwed over, you know. Which I was and never I had to none of us. Watch, watch they become guides after. There's never none of us. <laughs> they they find your they get your spots and they become guides, you know. Yeah. So, <laughs> so it's guys. wild. Yeah. yeah. I have another question. Too, oh. What have you learned from these guys? Have you learned anything from these? Because they're younger guys, so they're probably looking at some sh different shit than you are. Have you learned some stuff from the younger guys where you're like, wow, I didn't think of that? Well, yeah. How to punch Robert, it's the LV500. That's a great bait. I'd have never <laughs> thrown that bait if it wasn't for Robert. Uh, Stefan, he is excellent at trolling and, and finding fish that way. And uh, I, I, I can learn from Stefan, too. And Shane, he's always got my back, and I can tell him anything, and he will not talk to anybody about it. And the best part is, is if anybody gives me any shit out there, I got three guys that will stand behind me <laughs> and make sure that everything is okay. Because I've had that, uh, you know, a couple of times, where for some reason I'm the target, and, uh, you know, I don't know. I'm a 63-year-old man, but hey, hey, you know, I'm not afraid to say what i got to say if somebody's doing something yeah, wrong since, to me. Since we're here and we're going to be on TV and I know you see me, fuck you, Mickey Ellis. And this is why Cast and Crane can't get sponsors. <laughs> too many fucks, too many fuck yous, and you know, this is it. You know, but this is why I like guys like these guys. It's real, oh, yeah. always gonna be real, you know. 
And it's like, if you guys only knew. There's some of the shit I can tell you. <laughs> but no, this is like the, the truth. So I feel like if you talk to a lot of guys, like, I feel like these guys are kind of like me, like, like to fuck around, bust balls, you know. And I feel like that's missing nowadays. Uh, and I'm not going to say younger because I have a younger kid that's 18 and I bust his balls all the time. But, I mean, uh, it, it's missing. You know, getting that little bit of uh, calloused skin on you, like, just, you know, to make sure you, we can fuck around. We can talk shit and we're, we're friends, you know what I'm saying? But I'm sure in a different age with Butch, it's like dudes are coming and burning you and taking your spots and claiming, trying to claim your fish, you know? I've had it all. You know, I've had, you know, I sometimes I feel like I end up being a target down there for some reason. But it's been a long time. Most most guys are pretty, uh, you know, I want to be as courteous as I can. I never get around anybody and buzz them or cut their lines or not cut their lines. But, you know, I stay away from everybody. <laughs> but you get those certain ones that just, uh, I don't know if they just got the boat or what it is, but... Uh, that's that's when I learned that you need to keep your circle a little smaller and trust those people because, you know, if you have a lot of people out there, you know, then you could make a bait and then find out that, well, my bait's getting knocked off. Well, where's the connection here? Because those guys didn't do it. You know, little things like that, you know. And there's a lot of, a lot of guys making baits now, you know. I've made baits since day one. You know, I always made molds of every bait that came out, never to sell, but to modify and make my own. Because, it, you know, it was the, the story back then, you know. Um, they made a great bait that swam phenomenal, but the paint job sucks. Or the paint job is absolutely incredible, but the bait doesn't swim worth crap. But you try to get it all into one package there and, and see how it works out. So, uh, you know. Uh, it's nothing for me to go home and get a color going and pour up a dozen baits before I go the next day. That's a piece of cake. And I can go all the way back to day one, you know, with them all, because I have a, a complete archive at home. But you can't, you, you have to lose a lot of baits to catch fish. And if you, you know, if you don't learn to make a little something, you can't keep dropping Back then it was 25 bucks a bait, so it cost me $200 a day to fish, to now what we have in rubber baits are 50 bucks a piece. Well, you know, I, 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 can, I can afford to go lose, lose a bunch of them. But at 50 bucks a piece, you just can't do that. You know, so you gotta sorta, you gotta sorta, if you're really serious about it, you're, if you're not losing baits, you're not catching fish either. You know, I think I've snapped off this was a rough week or a rough month, but I think I've snapped off three uh, depths 250s this this in the month of December. So and, and I probably lost 15 uh, you know rubber baits, you know big 10 inch rubber baits. But uh, yeah, I've, I'm probably the first one to lose two of the that uh, bone air color in two different states. That color don't work. Bonaire. Yeah. What is it called? Bonaire. Bonaire. Well, that's what it was, but they switched it around. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, you know, I, and why they, you know, they just, I just get lazy sometimes, and I don't retie like I should, and I just snap them off, you know, and off they go, and I don't get them back. Two, two tackle warehouse mirror trouts and two bonaires, gone, you know. That's the name of the game. 
that's the way it is. It's a pretty tough one, though, to, for, to, yeah. even for me to lose them and watch them sink out. It's like, that sucked. You know, that really sucked. You know, so it is what it is. But, uh, you know, back in the day, fishing my lake, there was no reason for me to go fish any place else because why leave fish to find fish when you have potential record fish right here? You know, Robert was, came to the lake the day I got the 19.3. He drove all the way from Simi Valley because at that, on that day I got there at 4 o'clock. The lake closed at 5 or 5.15. I caught the fish right away. I had nobody on the water except my wife at home and the kids and the lifeguard. And then I called him, and he was on a job in Simi Valley and drove all the way to Castaic in about 30 minutes and was able to help me handle the fish and get it up to, the, to weigh it and get everything taken care of. So, uh, you know, he's been around to see a lot, a lot, a lot, you know. Uh, some big limits, caught some big limits. Uh, we used to let people... We'd get there in the morning, and we knew the bite would be in the afternoon at this particular one spot, or who knows what other spots. And we'd say, yeah, where do you want to fish today? And go, why don't you go to Walter's, you know? And then here they'd go to Walter's, and they'd fish there till 12 o'clock. And then call them on the cell phone, how'd you guys do over there? Never got a bite, man. Okay, off they go. Then him and me come roll in there, like within 10 minutes after they leave, and we already know the game plan. I think we had... Five, five over ten, just in that spot, and I think most of them were teeners, you know. And we, you just and, have, you and we lost, spot. yeah, and, and we lost, lost a handful. Yeah. That was an amazing day. And then we just look at the boat across the lake that just left, and go call them up on the phone and go, "Hey, can you see this? Hey, can you guys see? Yeah, these? Can you see?" And they're like, they just go nuts. So, yeah, but uh, definitely some good times, a lot of good experiences, and and. You just have to go fish. That's all, you know. I'll be fishing a lot of different lakes now because I just got a, a new boat. So, what kind of boat are you in? Z Z21 Ranger. Yeah. 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 Hey. He's coming for you guys. He's coming for your legs. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we got we got to wrap it up. CHP needs to load all these toys. Thank you to everyone that came. Uh, we're going to finish up these raffles. I want Butch to raffle off the depth stuff, so I'm going to have him do it. Um, also, thank you, Butch, for coming. Not only that, for bringing all the bikes, dude. Like, it's amazing. All these guys up here, uh, if you could support them, I mean, check out the tackle shops they go to. Check out Bottom Dweller. Uh, you know, uh, thank, thank you very much, Butch. Thank you. Thanks, guys. And thank all you guys for coming that are here left. Thank you, Nick. All right.